guys, welcome back to a special episode of the Pacino Report podcast, season 2021, episode four. I can't believe it's February already. I don't know where this year's going. Um, so we've got a special team tonight, so I'm just going to go through and introduce everybody. I'm Andrea. I'm here every week. We've got the godfather or the boss or El Jefe, Manuel. <laughs> Hello from Spain. In Spain, in Spain. Um, we don't have a stew tonight because I think his wife lost the keys and he's handcuffed to the bed so he can't make it on the call. So we have replaced him tonight with a younger, good-looking model who I think some of you may recognise his voice. Um, he works for Australian Motorcycle News, Cycle News, Moto Course. Now and then he collaborates with Manuel at Pacino GP. I don't know how you have time to do anything. This is a lot of things. Um, and you will recognize his voice because he commentates the practice sessions for Moto2 and Moto3 for Dorna. So it's a big welcome to Mr. Neil Morrison. Hello there. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm going to try and lower my voice for the rest of the <laughs> intro. <laughs> I've never felt so feminine. Um, and we've got a very, very special guest um, tonight. I have said on the podcast a number of times that I enjoy Moto3 a lot more than MotoGP most of the time. And this guy is a big part of that. So I was going to come up with a rhyme, but the only thing that I could find that rhymed with lecker was the word pecker. So I couldn't go anywhere with that. So we've got Dive Bomb himself, Mr. Darren Binder. Hey! <laughs> but I just have to quickly say, guys, we've got an Irishman, a Spaniard, a South African, and an Aussie here. So... Um, I don't know. I feel like we need to come up with a really good joke or something. <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> this is, is going to be interesting, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, guys, welcome. Thank you so much for taking the time out to join us. A um, couple of questions tonight, Manuel. I will let you kick off as you are the boss man. <laughs> yes. Uh, Darwin, how has been the off season so far? Okay, because the summertime in, in South Africa, but it seems that you have the same hard time that we have here in Europe with this uh, infection. How has it been? Yeah, I mean, uh, even though things have been so strange with the coronavirus and that, it's still been really good for me because, I mean, I was away from home the whole year last year. So to be able to come home and just spend some time with my family and my friends, you know, it's been so good. And, uh, yeah, I, things are getting better here in South Africa. It's not too, too bad at the moment. Like I'm able to train and ride every day like I oh. want and carry on like normal. So, and at least it's summer, which is a real bonus because the weather's not too bad when it rains now and then, but other than that, it's good. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's probably the longest I've been home for a really long time. So I've really been enjoying it. So you can go out and about during the day. You're not stuck at home. You can go out. Yeah, I mean, we have a curfew. It's from uh, four o'clock in the morning. Oh, sorry, from so it's eleven o'clock at night to four o'clock in the morning. So I mean, uh, in the day you're free to do whatever you want. You can go anywhere, and uh, yeah, things are carrying on pretty much, pretty much like normal. And uh, yeah, it's been super chill. What is that? <laughs> bird. <laughs> what type of bird is it? Macaw. Oh, like a big. A big one, yeah. Geez, Can, he doesn't keep quiet. <laughs> what's his name? <laughs> what was it? Oscar. Oscar, that is cool. There's a guy that I'm sorry, I'm going to go off track already, Manuel. I work with a guy and we have a lot of video calls, and he's got budgies. And every time he's talking, the birds go mental. 
Is that what was going to happen now? No, he seems to be alright. He's chilling now. He's chilling. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, Darren. Darren, I have a question because it happens to me as we are traveling so much the whole year, and you are abroad, especially you abroad abroad for such a long time. When 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 you return, don't you have the feeling that you have lost the connection with your mates? Like, you know, because they live their life for a whole year, and then you return and jump in in the group. Does it happen to you that you are kind of lost or out of offside? You know, not really. I mean, I've known my friends here. I've been friends with for so many years, and we so we've got like a really tight group of friends. And I feel like it doesn't matter how long I go away for. When I come back, I just fall straight back into place, and we carry on like like I never left. You know, that's and that's one yeah. I love about South Africa so much. Like I've got such good friends here, and. Uh, when I come home, I just really enjoy spending time with them. It's like I've never left, you know. That's the definition of home right there. That's it. Uh, home is where the heart is. <laughs> what do you do? Like, well, So when you get home and you've had this time off, we saw on the video of, um, for Brad of you guys fishing. Were you doing that just for the camera or do you enjoy fishing? And I Actually, I've taken a really big liking to fishing lately and I uh, really enjoy going to the little like trout farms and that and chilling for a couple of hours catching some fish and yeah i mean that's it's just something nice when like a day off you can go and just relax and chill out a bit so when you say trout farm is that an actual like they're farmed fish that you go and rather than going out to a ocean or the river and catch whatever's there yeah so basically like around where i live there's a lot of like these farms where you can go and then you you obviously pay and you fish and whatever you know and oh my obviously God. if you go to the sea you can fish in the sea and if you go to the river you can fish in the river but yeah around my house like those in that video you've seen those are trout farms so they they're proper places where you can go to fish that is really because here in australia obviously we're surrounded by ocean so you just kind of go to the ocean but that's cool. And you're pretty much going to catch something every time, right? Because there's that many fish. Pretty much. That's the best part about it. Hey, Darren, but I, I, it doesn't match. It doesn't match very well with how you ride the bike. I can't imagine you are sitting quiet there waiting <laughs> things to happen. Yeah, you know, I think I keep all the, the craziness and the the hard charges for the racetrack. And when I'm not at the racetrack, I like to think, keep things nice and calm and relaxed. <laughs> Even Neil laughed there. Neil, what do you picture um, Darren doing in his time off? Uh, yeah, I kind of picture you with like some loud heavy metal music, maybe rocking <laughs> out, doing a bit of head banging. <laughs> yeah, Other than fishing. Metal music me, eh? <laughs> he probably meditates and walks on the beach and just... Yeah. Uh, I tell you what, I do love the beach. Eh? That is one of my favorite places. As long as I'm near the sea, I'm happy. I get that. Completely get that. Something about it. <laughs> okay, Neil, go ahead. Um, yeah, Darren. So, um, I mean, this is obviously a pretty uh, a pretty big year for you. Um, I think the CIP team that you were riding for in the past couple of years was a, was a good team and, and you got some good results there. But it's clear that Patronus in terms of maybe in terms of budget, in terms of manpower, is, is on another level, on a higher level. Um, have you sort of seen that yet, uh, even during the off-season and how things are organised and prepared for for this season? Yeah, I mean, 100%. I mean, uh, CIP was great and I really enjoyed riding there. And uh, they were super happy for me to be able to move on to Patronus. I think that they could see that Patronus is able to offer me a, 
like a better step forward. And not only that, you know, they are definitely uh, have shown that they are a team that they were willing, to, they're wanting to fight for the championship and that. So, yeah, I mean, obviously in this off season, uh, I'm not used to doing these interviews and stuff. So in that sense, it is, it's a bit different. And uh, yeah, I mean, obviously they've got all the flights and everything booked and ready to go. And I'm really, really excited to, to get on board with them. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to a good year. And what about changing the bike? Because you have been racing, I saw first with two years suffering, not racing on a Mahindra, right? Then a lot, uh, uh, two plus four years on the KTM. And now you're switching on a Honda. And normally the riders who go from Honda to KTM have, have some problems. The other way around, not that much. What do you expect? Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously, uh, I expect the bike to be different. I mean, I have been on a KTM and I haven't, haven't ridden a Honda yet. But, uh, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, I, people have done it. Lots of people have swapped both ways. And at the end of the day, it's a motorcycle and you need to, you need to make the most of it and find what works for you and carry on. You know, I think at the end of the day, once you once you've figured it out, it's you'll be fine, you know. So, yeah, I'm really really looking forward to the first test because I'm really eager to see what that bike feels like, you know. And I think maybe it's a good thing that uh, that I've had such a long off season away from a KTM now, you know. So maybe that I've forgotten a little bit what uh, what the KTM was all about, and I'm gonna arrive nice and fresh for the Honda. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. When will it happen? So the first test at the moment is planned for the 3rd of March in uh 3rd and 4th of March in Portugal and Portugal. It's only a month. Yeah, a month away. Yeah, so I mean unfortunately our first test was cancelled uh already because of how things are at the moment in Spain and that. So yeah, I'm really bummed about that, but I mean I'm just sitting here and I'm ready to go whenever whenever we we get the chance to. I'm intrigued because even now talking to you like we were joking about the heavy metal music and um, you know that impression of what you're like but I get that feeling even through the camera that you are pretty chilled and you know you just take things as things as they come but you come across on the track as one of the most determined riders like you just yeah like I said I love watching Moto3 and seeing what you're gonna do H how does that work with your with the guys you ride with because you're obviously a bit of a different person on track and off track yeah, you know, it's, it's it's a bit difficult because obviously I, I like to think of things like what happens on track stays on track, you know, and mm -hmm. when you go out there, you race, everybody's trying to do their best and it's every man for themselves, you know, may the best man win. But uh, yeah, you know, off the track, I obviously, I like to, to keep things completely separate, you know, and I like to, you know, whatever happened on track happened on track and I'd like to carry on as a normal person off track. I do but, laugh uh, yeah, though. So there's one certain rider you I can't remember what race it was but there's a certain rider that I comment in our podcast group a lot about who has very nice blonde hair and is very pretty for a motorbike rider and you got off the bike <laughs> and, you, and you gave him a look that I would give him if I was right next to him um I'm talking about Masia <laughs> and we even rewound it and we were like did you see the look that Darren just gave him it was just <laughs> yeah I think I was, that must have been like right after the race maybe you know the after that I mean it's it is what it is you know I like to just move on and uh, carry on as normal and uh, yeah, yeah I try being mates with the guys off track and that but uh yeah some people struggle to 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 find the 
the difference, you know, it's between on track and off track. So oh, it's a lot it of is. different personalities and egos and. Oh, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, now I've got all my friends back here in South Africa and this is. Where yeah, I you don't need to. extra friends. <laughs> so when I'm at the track, it's all business. <laughs> I like it. It's good. <laughs> Manuel, did you want to? Yeah. Yeah. Darling, I have a question because you are super, or you have been super, super strong in catching up, right? Uh, like uh, seeing you coming, coming is like one of the excitements of, of, of the weekends. But then until now, once you got there, you know, all this speed to coming up, just it missed the final step. Or is it because the guys in the front are already fast? You know what I mean? But uh, it, it, it took a long time until you make the, the first victory. So the, the race strategy is something that you have to work out? Yeah, I mean, 100%. In Moto3, I found it in the beginning of races that it's, it's not too difficult to come from like a little bit further back to get to the front. But I find that once you get there, you know, in Moto3, it's almost impossible to break away and also being a little bit of a heavier rider I've always felt that I struggled to lead because as soon as I get into the front I feel like I'm I just get swallowed up down the next straight you know and it just becomes like that dog fight and uh yeah I mean obviously I towards the end of the year I managed to to stay in the front and be more consistent in the front but I wasn't able to to lead the races and try and pull away or anything but uh yeah, it's definitely something I want to work on. You know, I want to try and obviously work on my weight to be a bit lighter so that my bike is a little bit faster. And then uh, so I want to be able to try and be more consistent, you know, and be able to lay those lap, lap times down alone. And that way I'd like to be able to try lead races to be more in control of the, the situation, you know. And the bike obviously has a big effect on that because I know the way that you attack the corners and overtake, it's just like, oh, my God. And then, like you say, it it's must be so frustrating in the straight because the faster bikes are just, yeah, off they go. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, motor three, you know, they're such small bikes and there isn't that much power. So mm. every little difference, you know, makes, makes a big difference. So, I mean, being a little bit heavier is a, see, I've seen like coming out the corners, I feel like a little bit at a disadvantage. And then, I mean, obviously the slipstream plays such a huge role mm -hmm. that, uh, when if you're going if you exit a little bit bad out the corner and you're leading onto the straight, I mean you're gonna just get swallowed by the whole group. You need to listen to more heavy metal and headbang more, like Neil said, so you can lose some more weight. Yeah. <laughs> you need to start fishing and start running. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Jump in and catch the fish by hand. I don't know. There's got to be something, <laughs> something extra you can do. Neil, go Aaron, ahead. Darren, over the last couple of years. Um, Moto3 racing has just been closer than I think anything we've ever seen uh, before. It's just uh, so fast and frenetic and we don't really see riders, you know, managing to break clear. Um, is there anything that you do away from the track that prepares you in particular for those kind of last lap battles that we always seem to see? Um, is it something you can train for or is it just about learning from experience of, of being in that battle? Yeah, uh, you know, I think the only thing you can really do to kind of prepare for those battles on the last lap is, you know, when you at home, like now in the off season, like when I, if it's raining and I'm training inside on the indoor train or whatever, I like to put on the races from the previous years, you know, I could go back 
four or five years and I watched the same race three times, you know, and uh, <laughs> you can just, you can look and see where, where whoever won, how they did it, you know, what, where their strong point was, what they did to, to pull it off, you know, and I mean, I often talk to my brother about it as well, because I mean, he was really good at, at finishing off the race, you know, on top, so. Need to clone uh, a, clone <laughs> <laughs> at the same time i mean you can always have a plan in motor three there's a good chance that it's not going to work out but uh in the back of my mind, which is I'll why it's out. so good to watch because you do not know what is going to happen <laughs> and i always like to to try and uh, like i like to say i try and plan to win on the last lap so that yeah. if it doesn't work out that i'm still in the top three or top five you know so <laughs> yeah, the plan is always try plan to win and then see what happens <laughs> And I just, I'm going to ask a question that we don't have planned is what in your life are you better at than your brother? It can be fishing, singing. Jeez. Like, I think there's a lot of different things we're good at. Like PlayStation, for instance. <laughs> <laughs> is that because he's older? And I, I don't know. I, I like playing a bit of PlayStation every now and again. Yeah. I mean, Flip, there's lots of different things. I mean, like skateboarding, maybe. I don't know. Do you like motocross as he does? I do. I really, really enjoy my motocross a lot. I mean, back here who in is, South Africa. Who is faster? Who is faster? Who is faster? My brother motocross. motocross yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm on a 450, I'm on a 250, so I'm going to say that that definitely makes oh, a bit of a difference. That's not your fault. But uh, no, he, he's definitely a bit faster than me at motocross. And, uh, you know, yeah, we just, I mean, we do it for the training aspect and I take zero risks. So, you know, it, it really doesn't bother me who's faster than me. I mean, there's kids out there on 85s that'll come ripping fast. So, <laughs> yeah. do it as safe as I can. And uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy it though. It is definitely one of my favorite things to do. Darren, have you realized that there are a lot of brothers in MotoGP right now? We have the Marquez, we have the Spargaros, now we have the Rossis, we have the Binders. How is it to be in the shadow of your older brother? Is there any feeling that you are like a second division or something like this? Not at all. I mean, I think it's one of the best things to have my brother there with me and overseas all the time, you know, and I mean, if you look what my brother's done and if anything, it only motivates me to do better. And I mean, it's so awesome to have, uh, to have him there with me, to be able to help me. I mean, he's been through where I am now. So, you know, I can always go to him for advice and, uh, yeah, you know, I really, I mean, he's done so great. I can only hope to be as great as him or if not better, you know, that's the plan, you know, that's the, the goal. So, yeah, I mean, it's awesome. And I hope that one day I'm able to to get to where he is and to be able to race up against him. But even so, you I would be such it, a huge support for him too. You know, like if we were having this conversation with him, he'd go, yep, Darren's here for me. And I, yeah, it seems like you guys have got a great close relationship. Yeah, my brother and I, we, we're super close. You know, I mean, I'm really fortunate that uh, I've got him overseas. And I think he'll say the same about having me over there because... I mean, leaving South Africa, you know, we leave everything behind and we go off on our own. And, uh, you know, it's difficult to do things on your own. It's much better to have somebody with you. And uh, Your poor yeah, parents, I mean, always... <laughs> they'd be like, there goes young boys. <laughs> See them when they come yeah, home later. Come and visit us as much as they can. But unfortunately, like last year with the COVID and this, yeah, I don't know. 
exactly when they're going to be able to come again. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm hoping that they do because, geez, I've never ever uh, had my parents there when I'm on the podium. So that's one thing oh that I really God. want to, to see. <laughs> that it get, gets your brother upset when you do something wrong with you. I mean, say, hey. hey. I mean, my brother, yeah, he definitely, <laughs> like, he'll tell me, oh, you didn't listen to me, I'm telling you this. And <laughs> we're just a normal family. I mean, yeah. I don't think, we, we don't fight too much. I mean, obviously, we might have an argument once in a blue moon. But, uh, yeah, I know, yeah. for sure. My brother, if he thinks I'm in the wrong, he'll tell me. He's like, oh, you're so silly. Why did you do that? Uh, even after a race, you know, like, last night, we were watching Qatar, actually, uh, from, from last year. And... Uh, I pulled all the way to the left on the last lap. I led down the straight and I pulled all the way to the left and everybody came up the inside. And when Arbelino came over, I had nowhere to go and I hit the back of him and I crashed. And he's like, your first mistake, you shouldn't have gone left. You see that? That's where you went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, we're always talking about stuff. And it's good. Well, that, that's a free teacher you have at home. 100%, you know, it's... Uh, it's free advice, so we should, I should take it and listen to it more often. <laughs> the beauty of a sibling, because you can just be open and honest. You don't give a shit if you upset them or not. Just, yeah, <laughs> it's a beautiful I'm, thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Andrea and Manuel will agree with me in when I say that sometimes Model 3 racing, when you're watching it, can be quite scary, you know, especially if at some of the faster tracks like Mugello or, or Phillip Island, you really are almost on the edge of your seat thinking if something goes wrong with one of these guys, it could be a real disaster here. I mean, do you have that impression ever on the bike? Are you ever a little bit wary of, of how close some of the racing is or is it just part of the part of the game? Yeah, I mean, I definitely have that little bit of wariness, especially like a track like Mugello when you, you go down that straight and as soon as you come over that crest when they all fan out next to each other <laughs> and they sit there and box. You're, you're watching thinking, like okay, this. Am I going in between them? Am I going left? Am I going right? You know, and it's, you know, you kind of got to think for yourself and for the others because you don't know what their plan is either, you know? Like I might be about to dive up the inside of Sia and he's planning on diving up the inside of John, you know? So then I go for my move and then the next thing I've got to take two guys because I'm committed. So yeah. you have to be a little bit careful in that sense. And uh, It yeah, doesn't look like anyone's careful. <laughs> There's sometimes where things get a little bit scary, but I mean, ah, it's clean enough racing. That's obviously why you love it, yeah. Hundred <laughs> percent. Darren, you you have look. When I have spoken with uh, champions like Lorenzo and others, they say that the first victory is always the first time. And now Wendra is going to do the joke like always. The first time is always special. <laughs> Being very mature so, for this one, <laughs> so uh, you haven't had the chance to 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 have the second one to 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 notice if there is any difference. But do you feel that something has clicked inside you with that having been able to win? I mean, do you feel more confident? Well, I can tell you one thing. I mean, I won in in Barcelona, and then we went to Lamar where my bike broke, and then the next race was Aragon. And when I finished second in Aragon. I was so disappointed in myself for finishing second. You know, after getting that first victory, it really, something changed, you know. And when I finished second that day, I was so disappointed because I felt like I could have won. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it definitely, after that first one, that second didn't come close. <laughs> the first win was definitely something special. But, uh, yeah, I think, I think getting that first victory definitely 
put my my my, like, my mind at ease and stuff. You know, I felt like more more relaxed. I've got it done now, and I could just carry on racing. And I knew I could do it. You know, I just proved to myself that I could. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was it's really nice to get that one out the way. <laughs> Oscar, Oscar, Oscar yeah. Yeah, he's saying, okay, guys, enough. <laughs> yeah, he's having a little, in, yeah, talk, yeah. Does he talk <laughs> as well? Does he, like, no, say he words? Just, you should teach him swear words. <laughs> I've tried. It doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Darren, how is Portimao on the Moto3? Oh, it's really cool. Eh? That that track, yeah, I think, full. on the Moto3, it's, it's so much fun. It's a real roller coaster and... Uh, yeah, I actually, before I watched Qatar last night, I watched Portimao as well. And uh, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it. I mean, that was, it was a cool track and it's a little bit different to, to what I was used to. So, I mean, it took me a few, few sessions to figure that place out, but uh, yeah, I think it made for a really good race. And uh, Are you I ridden there it. before last year? I hadn't. Eh? The FP1 was the first time I got to, to go out to Portimao. What was it like? Because you obviously ride on the same tracks all the time. What was it like going to a track where you need to race and you don't know it that well? Do you like jump on the PlayStation to learn the track or? <laughs> like, yeah, I, yeah. Did. I, actually, I think they had like Ride 4 had Portimao on. So I did, I downloaded that and I played a few laps and fortunately my brother got to go there before. So when we got there on Friday, we walked the tracks together and he explained <laughs> a few things to me that he had like figured out so far. And I mean, yeah, I mean, going to any new track doesn't really bother me at all. But I think Portimao is a little bit more difficult than any normal track. You can't see where you're going much. 100%. So that definitely took a, a, basically the whole Friday I struggled, you know, really to to find my feet, you know. So, but I mean, it's one day and I knew it was going to be like that new track. So I just had to to carry on working on Friday and figure my way out. And then Saturday I started finding my feet yeah something different something exciting mix it up 100 percent. i mean it's always good to go to a new place and uh especially when there's no one's been there then it's pretty cool you know yeah. like, like obviously 40 miles some people had been there but it's always cool when you get to a track that not no one's really been to then it kind of evens things out a little bit and uh, see who can find their feet first <laughs> yeah yeah that's so cool neil have you got any um sort of final questions before we let um darren go and finish getting ready for the day <laughs> let, yeah, him fishing. Let, it, let him go fishing it's not looking the best the weather i was planning on going riding this afternoon but uh, go back to bed. <laughs> back to bed go back to bed watching the supercross <laughs> sorry neil that's all right, yeah. Uh, yeah, Darren, I mean, I guess the championship has to be the goal this year. You've got the, you've got the team, you've got the bike, uh, everything seems to be in place. You've got the experience now as well, you would say. Um, is the championship the, the goal from, from the offset? You know, I mean, if I look back at last year, I finished eighth in the championship, which was my best position so far. And, uh, you know, if I look back, I DNF five races. So I got taken out in some... I uh, crashed out of some of my own on my bike stopped, you know, just, and if you look back out of, what did we do? 15 rounds, I didn't have five, I finished eighth and I think I was like 50 points out. So, I mean, my goal this year is to, to be as consistent as possible, which I think I showed that I could do at the end of last year. You know, I was always fighting for those podiums and if I couldn't, couldn't get a podium, I'd take a fourth or a fifth, you know, which was, 
we're still good. So, yeah, I definitely want to just start the, the year off, try to be as consistent as possible. On the days where I can win 100%, try my best to win. You know, always that's the goal. But uh, those days that you can't, try and be in the top five. And uh, I think if I can be really consistent, then by the end of the year, I should be in the fight for the championship. And I mean, yeah, that's definitely everybody's goal is to win. You know I mean? Everybody <laughs> knocks up there. I want to win. doesn't matter if you first or last on Saturday, you Sunday, you want to win. <laughs> Now, I'll tell you what, mate, we're going to be sitting there cheering for you um, as we have up until now. So I cannot wait to see what's going to happen this year for you. Manuel, do you have any final words of wisdom, something mature? I just wanted to know, how do you get along with John? Yeah, John and I, I mean, I've known John for, for quite a few years now, you know, being in the paddock and that. So, yeah, John and I got, get along well and... Uh, we actually, last year, we tried a couple of times to, to try and help each other out and work together a little oh. bit. Even before we were, we knew we were going to be teammates. So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be really, really awesome working together with John this year. And I'm really looking forward to it. I think uh, having a fast teammate is definitely a, a good thing. And uh, I'm really excited. I love it. <laughs> and Darren, you will be the same team that, as Valentino Rossi that is also... Something awesome, isn't it? Be teammate yeah, of Valentino Rossi. I mean, growing up, Valentino Rossi was always my hero, you know, and uh, to be under the same the same colors as him, it's it's actually something awesome. So yeah, it's really really cool. I have to say, you are part of the best the best team you could. Um, yeah. Every everyone we've spoken to and what you see in the media and what we see, you know, from our lounge room, Petronas has just got such a good feel a family, um, great support. Well, family, more or less. Well, <laughs> together. Family is another thing. Yeah, no, we have this. Racing team is never a family, Andrea. Okay, sorry, I've got to change my tip. Well, you, yes, look out for each other and get that right support. And you've got, yeah, some really good teammates there. Really looking forward to this year joining the team. I mean, yeah, it looks super cool. I mean, obviously I've got to meet the, my part of the team, uh, at the end of last year and I really can't wait to to get working with them and I think it's going to be a, a really fun year and I'm I'm really looking forward to it very good and you're gonna to have to grow a better beard if you want to um challenge Jake Dixon we spoke to him the other day and he's got a big beard going on like you wouldn't even recognize uh, him uh, an Instagram post of his beard I think he's having a fight to the shaver and the shaver's winning <laughs> maybe his hand sorry can't shave properly or something <laughs> oh beautiful yeah, yeah, I, my beard's looking a bit terrible. I actually need a shave, but yeah, this morning I was running with a blade. That's right. You're going for that rugged ISO look, like Neil. I'm on holiday. You know? I don't need to don't need to impress anyone. And I like how you put a hat on. I like how you put a hat on so your hair is all like tidy. Yeah, that's it. We're on to you. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Like I said, cannot wait to see what you do. Um, for everyone that's listening, you can listen to our podcast on any podcast platform. We're on YouTube. Um, Neil, do you want to plug anything? I know you write for every motorcycle magazine in the world. Do you want to plug anything? <laughs> yeah, just go out and buy some motorcycle magazines, I guess, if you can, if you're in Australia. <laughs> Australian Motorcycle News. Uh, yeah, check out Cycle News on, on the internet. And uh, yeah, that's about it, really. And Pacino GP. We can't forget Pacino GP because that yeah, is the, the bomb one. diggity of... Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, Darren, thanks a lot for being with us. Thanks a lot, and I hope to see you in Qatar. I hope so. 
100%. and I'll see you all one day if we can ever travel. Yeah, I hope hopefully I see you guys soon and thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye everyone.